What if I told you that you're already probably participating in nutrition informatics? Did you enter a nutrition diagnosis into an electronic health record system, or even just inputting heights or weights into a database? Maybe you work in community nutrition and you just gather data for a food intake analysis. Or maybe you work in a clinical setting and you worked on improving workflows or processes in your electronic health record system. Or maybe you work in private practice and you just started using a telehealth software or platform as a means of communication with your patients. Nutrition informatics encompasses a wide range of the dietetics field. And on today's episode, we get to chat with... My name is Kathleen Palaccia and I am a communications manager. To give us some perspective on how nutrition informatics plays a role in our everyday work and how some people end up making it their career. Yeah, when I first heard of nutrition informatics, I, I was like, oh, that sounds fancy. Like, what is that? <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it sounds fancy. And you, then you hear about it. And you, you, when you learn about it, you realize, <laughs> realize you've been doing it already. Right. Um, but I do think the difference is that we are now really making strides towards it being a career path, not just something that's part of what we do, but actually becoming, we hope, to become leaders in doing it. I'm Jason Park, and this is Dietitians Unknown. If you came across a genie in a bottle and you could have one wish, and it can't be, you can't ask for more wishes, what would your one wish be? The ability to transport myself from one place to another, because prior to the pandemic, I was a commuter from Baltimore to D.C., an hour and a half each way. And I would like to have gotten there a little bit faster. <laughs> For sure. Um, I could totally relate to that because uh, traffic here in Washington is terrible. So, uh, yeah, that would be really, really nice to be able to teleport. So if. All right. So, yeah. So the genie came to you, you know, and so your wish will be give me the ability to teleport. Exactly. Great. Yeah, I think that's a really good one. And I feel like it would save so much time. <laughs> <laughs> and I could just go from where I need to be. If it's the kid's school, if it's work, if it's a meeting, I'm just there and back and no worry. So I guess my first question would be, what kind of got you started and interested in pursuing a career in nutrition? Sure. I was a dancer in high school and we would often talk about the importance of healthy eating and it got me interested in the field but I had no idea how much science it involved. And when I went to college and learned that the foundation of nutrition was science, I completely fell in love with it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. I feel like a lot of people do some kind of, um, I don't know, sport or physical activity. And obviously nutrition can play a big role in that. So I feel like yeah, definitely a lot of people could probably relate to that. Uh, so was that your sole interest in nutrition or was there anything else that you feel like kind of gave you that spark? No, that was pretty much it. But it it got me into college and it was one of those things where I thought, well, this looks interesting and they have this program and I'm going to try it. But when And then I started taking classes and probably what really solidified it for me were the faculty. 
at, at that school because they just, the work they were doing, they were working with young kids. They were working with uh, limited resource audiences. Um, I am from New, I'm from New Jersey. I went to Rutgers and we had a very uh, urban area and so much need. And so I just, when I saw that piece of it, I just really, I couldn't believe all of the ways that I could work in nutrition. And that also is where I discovered a love for public health because I, I realized that there were so many programs mm-hmm. that nutrition could be a part of. And that really was what made me think, okay, this is what I'm going to do for the next four years. Yeah. And I'm curious, like, did you, I, so did you know you wanted to work in public health then? And is that kind of how you shaped your, your path, I guess? Absolutely. I had uh, a couple amazing professors who worked in the field of community nutrition and public health, and they, I would not be on the path I am today without them. I was able to do work in local health departments. I was able to get involved on some small research projects that got me into schools and community centers. And absolutely, I just knew that I wanted to work Uh, I didn't know where exactly, but I wanted to work in some sort of uh, community setting or with programming, you know, community programming in some way. But while I was there, I also discovered technology and nutrition. So I kind of had a few a few things that that sparked my interest in the field. Well, yeah. And I'm kind of jealous because um, I get jealous of people who are like, yeah, like I knew like I want like for you, like you knew you wanted to work in public health. And so, um, yeah, I just uh, I'm always jealous of people who who just kind of knew and like that's where they wanted to be and uh yeah no that's I think that's really great and so I guess after you you know you you find this love of community nutrition public health like what was the next thing for you you finished your well we can can just fast forward like you finish your internship and like what is your first kind of like job after so I got a job right before actually before I had graduated my internship I got a job based on a place that I had rotated and I went down yes which was really nice to pay the bills I literally took a couple days off in between the internship and the job and started but I got a job uh, working on a, a federal government nutrition project called the WICWORKS Resource System, which provides education and training for staff of USDA's uh, Special Supplemental Nutrition Program for Women, Infants, and Children, or WIC, as we know it as. Mm-hmm. And I, it was my first job, and I stayed in my first job for 14 years. Wow. And it was, <laughs> yes, That's... which also makes me rare. I'm a rare duck in that I, yeah. I, I stayed the course with my degree in college, and I had the same job uh, for many years. Uh, having the opportunity to work, uh, again, at the federal level as a uh, consultant on a variety of online education, training, e-learning, mobile apps, you name it. And it it really set me on the course for both combining public health and informatics, which is where I am. Yeah. And that's, that's 14 years is impressive for your, for a first (laughs) job. Like (laughs) that almost seems like unheard of. (laughs) It is unheard of in a lot of ways. Though I can name a couple of people, but mostly many of my colleagues had done a few things over the years. But I just, I really enjoyed it, it and it worked for me and it, it was always changing and, and something different. And so I was very fortunate to have that opportunity. Yeah. And it makes sense. Like you were talking about earlier about kind of your interest when you were in school, like you wanted to work in community nutrition. Plus, you were also interested in the like information technology 
area as well. So it sounds like you're able to do a little bit of that at your first job. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, it would make sense, you know, if if you're doing what you kind of sought out to do, uh, it makes sense that you would be there for for so long. And so after that, I mean, can you give us a little, um, I guess, like, what was your career path to kind of after that job to where you are now? Well, I I reached a point after all those years and a couple of, of children, and mm-hmm. I realized I wanted more. And I, along the way, figured out that and learned about through me, uh, colleagues uh, in the Academy of Nutrition Dietetics who were doing informatics work, that there was so much more I could do with that piece. I could look at things such as knowledge management and data visualization, and even the field of communications and just how you could do it more efficiently, mm-hmm. uh, certainly things like social media, all of those pieces. But I, I didn't have a master's degree, and that was limiting me at that time. And so I went back to school and got a master's degree in health informatics. And that allowed me to completely shift gears. I got a job with a, a nonprofit in D.C. Uh, in communications and uh, knowledge management, and that's where I still am today. So that's been, I guess, over three years. Yeah. So I guess it sounded like you wanted to take it a step further because you're already mm-hmm. kind of dabbling a little bit into informatics. And then um, you decided to kind of further your education and get that master's in health informatics. Yep. You got it. I and mean, yeah, it really allowed me to have the further my experience and even beyond mm-hmm. nutrition into the broader health informatics mm. field. And certainly opened up job opportunities as well. Yeah, and which is great. This is kind of a great segue because um, I guess if you could describe nutrition informatics to someone who may not may not know like what that is. Well, informatics, like anything that ends in I, you know, X, yeah, <laughs> and mathematics, like mathematics, yeah. is the study of something, right? It's the study yeah. of something. So it's the study of the science of information. Well, applied to nutrition, it's of course nutrition information. And it's all about, imagine a Venn diagram of, you know, you've got the information and you have the technology. And it's that overlap that is informatics. So when I tell people about it, I talk about, you know, you can have the smartest nutrition expert in the world. But if that person, especially right now, uh, doesn't have technology, they can't get their information out there to people. And if you have an outstanding technology platform, but you don't really have uh, good information to go with it, you don't have evidence-based information to go with it, then you just have a fancy technology that doesn't help anyone. So it is an intersection or even really a balancing act of information and technology. And of course, to us, it's nutrition, but it applies to many disciplines. Yeah. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but for you working in community nutrition, it's kind of how can we get this information out to the community and whether that be like education um, or something else. Does that sound right? It is, yeah. And so informatics in the clinical setting is electronic health records and telehealth and all of the ways that we, uh, that technology is used in the healthcare system, which is many. But for absolutely, for community nutrition and public health, certainly there are information systems and technology platforms but for me, the work I'm doing is about the communication. You know, how do we reach people? You know, is it email? Is it social media? And even within those fields or those tools, there's still a science to it. You know, what works better on one platform than another? What messages will resonate with someone no matter what platform they get it on? So absolutely, there's, there's so many ways to look at 
how we can be, we can communicate yeah. better. I mean, could you give me an example of like maybe in your work um, that might help somebody or maybe bring some context to nutrition informatics in a kind of public health or community nutrition uh, setting? So the company that I work for, uh, which is called FHI 360, mm-hmm. we balance research with communication. So what does that mean? Well, if we're going to do a communications campaign on behalf of a government agency or other partner, we're going to go out and we're going to do research. We're going to do user testing and focus groups, and we're going to figure out what people would want to hear from us if we're going to communicate about something. So if it's trying to talk about the importance of, which is the work I'm in right now, Mm -hmm. uh, preventing type 2 diabetes or the importance of managing diabetes or really any chronic chronic uh, health condition you know you can't you have to figure out what messages will resonate with someone and it's a di- and are they either trying to prevent a condition do they have it you know how much science should you put in there yeah. how much uh, how much emotion should you put in there so we do research and so I think when you when you look at the application of informatics to public health or community nutrition that's a big part of it is using the technology is great. But you have to have, you know, the research, the user experience or UX work, the mm. uh, consumer experience, right? What do people, what do they like when they come to a website that's going to give them some sort of education or um, or information that can help them with behavior change? Because that's what it's all about. Yeah. Pick your, pick your setting, right? Clinical mm-hmm. or public health. We're trying to help people make behavior change. Yeah. So I mean, like so that they can yeah. have better quality of life. I'm sorry, go ahead. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I was thinking, um, cause you were saying, yeah, cause we could have very smart people. We could have all the data that we want, but if it's not easily accessible to the target audience that you're trying to, to reach, then essentially it's, it's not as effective or maybe not even a useful tool. Absolutely. Yeah. If you can't get it, if you can't get at the information, you can't share it with people. You know, you can, if you take your data or if you can't take your data and bring it to life through data visualization and storytelling, it's just a report that nobody reads. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's it's all about the, the collecting information. It's about security and privacy of information and data. But it, most importantly, though, it's about using it, learning from it, and, and hopefully furthering the, the field of right. nutrition. Definitely. And I guess that would, I would be curious, like, because you're talking about the research part. So would you say a lot of your day to day is like doing that research? Or I guess if you maybe even if you could describe like a typical day for you, um, I think that would be would be nice. Fortunately, I don't have to do too much of the research. We have an, out- <laughs> we have an outstanding research nice. team, <laughs> uh, which is nice. Uh, but no, I as a communications manager, I spend most of my day coming up with uh, promotional plans, marketing plans, uh, key messages, uh, timelines, you know, trying to figure out which forever, whatever clients or projects we're working on, they come to us and they have a communication need. They're launching something new. They are trying a, they have a new website. They have a new resource. Uh, there's a new, uh, like, like we have now, there's a public health crisis or something that needs to be communicated. And so it's, we can't just start emailing people. We have to have a plan. We have to have objectives, know our target audience. And so I'm putting all of those pieces together 
but I also wear my dietitian hat and I write some of the nutrition related content as we, or, or review it or help with it. So there's that piece. And then fortunately, yeah, we have a wonderful research team that when we do need to go out to our end users and do some testing, they're there to support that effort. Yeah. And when, when you said uh, sending emails out, yeah, it's usually um, with the amount of emails that some people get, it ends up being buried. So when you said sending emails, I was like, uh, maybe, yeah, that's probably not the best uh, route of uh, communication for some people. <laughs> exactly. It has to be multifaceted. We certainly still uh, rely on word of mouth. You know, who are, if we are looking at programs uh, that are operated through state health departments or local health departments, we're going to make sure that we are uh, emailing or doing a webinar or have a social media campaign or some technical assistance available for the uh, grantees or the grant officers of any of our agencies so that they are then communicating it out to the staff in the field. So there's it's always multiple ways to get the message out because there is quite an information overload out there. Yeah. And I mean, it sounds like you are managing a lot of different aspects of the communication part. I guess, like, what would what are some like challenging aspects about your job? I would say the challenges are usually time. There's so much to do and not enough time. Yeah. I think that impacts. I think that impacts many of us. But it's yeah, certainly, definitely. Yeah, all of us. It impacts right. all of us. But it, it's a challenge for communication because. Things have to happen quickly, but quick is relative based on all of your stakeholders and partners Mm. and everybody being on board. Because if you don't communicate with those folks, you can't amplify your message. So you can't just go, you know, when you work in nonprofits or with the government or whoever it is you work with, you have to, in in a nutrition or public health communication effort, you have to be engaging with your your end audience. Uh, and with all of your partners, you know, again, your health department uh, partners, maybe local businesses, things like that. And so that takes time. And I think that's the hard part is that you want to get everybody on board, but you also can't wait six months for everybody to get on board. So we have to, uh, it's a lot of relationship building because it's a lot easier for any of us in this work to get things out the door, to, to put a webinar expert panel together if we just start working the networks. And so just like all aspects, I think that you have to have good relationships. So I work in clients, you know, I I have clients that we work for and you have to have good relationships with them and good relationships with those out in the field. And you have to be able to, to utilize them to overcome limited resources and and, and limited time. Yeah. And I mean, it it just sounds like the nature of the job too, though, because like, yeah, like you were saying, you have to to coordinate with different people. Um, and then you're trying to do this multifaceted approach to get this communication piece out, whether it's like through a webinar or expert panel or whatever it is. Um, so it just sounds like it just comes with the territory. (laughs) It does. We, I think as a, as a field, as a discipline, you know, nutrition is personal, it's about people. Yeah. And so whether you're in a hospital or a public health setting or a, a business or a gym or you know, corporate wellness, any of that, we it's all about people. So I, I never want to stray too far from working towards helping people. And that's a big, that all comes with, you know, good customer service skills and being able to, to, you know, build bridges and, and network with people and realize that we're all, we're all trying to, to do the same thing at the end of the day. Yeah. And yeah, it makes so much sense, you know, as I've, I've, as I've been thinking about, as we've been talking like that, 
yeah, why wouldn't you, you would want to study your target audience and kind of see like what is going to be the most effective way to communicate with them. And so I guess, yeah, I, for me, I feel like informatics is, is really important to be able to do that research and really be able to connect with our target audience. Because I do think we have obviously a good message and um, education that we want to send out for nutrition, but it just becomes meaningless if we can't really get it out in a meaningful way for some people. Yeah, absolutely. Meaningful. And also whatever we say or what we learn with our audiences, we hope we're capturing and sharing so that we're building knowledge. So a big part of informatics is building knowledge Mm -hmm. so that others, others who come after us don't have to, you know, that there's a momentum behind it. There's evidence behind it. For sure. What part of your job do you find most interesting or rewarding? For me, the reward, as I mentioned, is is all about finding something that is is a challenge or a problem. I love solving problems. We can't always solve them, but I like trying and and trying to troubleshoot solutions for them. So I get I get a big reward when something comes to us and look, we want to create this uh, new resource, but we don't have this or we don't have that. And so our team will try to figure out yeah. how to do it without this and that. And I think that. I, I love being able to to put those pieces together and then have at the end of the day, again, a program, a service, a client, colleagues, whoever it is, whether it's my volunteer work, you know, I'm the chair of the uh, informatics DPG. Uh, and, you know, you just, you love when the, I love when the pieces come together and someone's been, someone's been helped uh, with, with their work. And I do a lot of that at work daily <laughs> where we're just trying to figure out you know, we don't have endless resources. I'm not sure anybody does yeah. anymore. You know, I think that, you know, with with everything going on, but also even before that, budgets just aren't what they used to be. And so I think you have to be creative and you have to think on your feet. And I love that part. Yeah. And I was just, I, you know, I was just about to say that um, it sounds like a lot of what you do is like creative I don't know, creative problem solving. <laughs> exactly. Creative problem solving and creative communicating. Because sometimes you have to figure out, you know, that, like you said, what's the hook? What's the meaningful way to do it? And yes, you have the evidence or you have the research, but you still have to think about it. And you still have to put your own spin on it. Because as we've said, there's a lot of people talking about nutrition out there. And it may not always be the most, um, the, the best information for the people. I think all information can be helpful, but it's about getting to the people who need it in a way that they can help be helped. Right. What's something that most people uh, don't know about, I guess, nutrition informatics? Or is there something that most people you think don't know? <laughs> I think that it impacts all of us. You know, we have a, a, a line that we use often with the informatics DPG. Again, we're only in our second year. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about how all nutrition professionals use informatics but some people make a career out of it. But we are all impacted in one way, shape, or form by technology. And we all have a role to play. So an example would be somebody, I've had people come up and say, well, I don't manage data, so I don't work in informatics. And when I'll stop them and I'll talk about, hey, well, do you see patients? Well, I do. Do you keep track of those patients? Well, yeah, I do. Well, then you're managing some data. <laughs> it may not be big It may not be big data. It may be really small data. But that small data is important because we can't build big, rich nutrition data sets if we don't collect data at the practitioner level. 
So when I talk about that and my colleagues, uh, we, we talk about it that way. It's like, whoa, I never thought about it like that before. Right. Yeah. And like you were saying, uh, it impacts various different practice areas of nutrition. So I guess in clinical, like you were saying, it could be is something, you know, just, just you doc doing documentation is considered, uh, I guess it's a part of the process, right? It's part of the process, but you know, it's, it's terminology and standards. So, you know, are the electronic health records from different systems speaking to each mm-hmm. other? It's the forms that you have that you send out, you know, the templates that go from inpatient to outpatient and back it's following uh, it's safety, it's quality assurance, it's the data following the patient. So that's, there's so many pieces of clinical, but that's a big part of it. But then you get to other aspects, whether it's going back to the diabetes example, you've got, you know, Bluetooth uh, glucose monitors and continuous glucose monitors. I mean, there's so much application of technology there, but it's not just the application of technology. I think that's the other point you can't forget. It's, it's the technology, it's the data, it's the privacy and security, and it's the it's the messaging to the consumer. And so I tend to say, I'm not the data and standards person, I'm the communication. Mm-hmm. So we want to have good technology, we want to collect good data, but I want to make sure that the the end user is happy yeah, <laughs> with what's definitely. happening. So, and I guess, um, I guess my next question, because I know you are, you, obviously you are involved in the Nutrition Informatics DPG, you're the chair. And I guess, can you give some other examples of, I guess, I don't know, jobs where people might, or dietitians might maybe focus most of their time in informatics, I guess? So I think there's a couple of pathways. Clinically, what a lot of the colleagues I see, what happens for them is they've worked in clinical for a number of years. And they are what we call super users of their of their systems in their facility, meaning they're the one that that notice when a form doesn't work or have have ideas for how a form could be better. And what happens is they get scooped up by either the IT department at their hospital or by a third party vendor. And they are not necessarily the programmer. They're not the computer programmer, but they're the person who speaks to improving the system. So they, they kind of step away from being on the patient floor sometimes. Sometimes they do both. Mm-hmm. But usually what happens is they step away from that and they get into this informatics manager role or informatics analyst role where they are trying to improve how nutrition uh, data uh, is collected into the EHR and making sure that the systems are updated. So you've got that piece. And then you have the whole consumer side of things. You could work for startups that are developing apps. Uh, if there's any nutrition information being collected, they often will hire a dietitian because they need to make sure that the information is is accurate. So there's you know that side of things. So I think that it's all about you don't have to be a technology expert, but you have to be someone who's willing to to learn, to try, to see yeah. <laughs> to see how things can be improved. And so I think quality improvement is a big part of informatics. And I think there's tremendous job opportunity there uh, to be part of quality improvement initiatives where you're trying to leverage data and technology to improve yeah, definitely. Uh, patient care. Yeah. yeah. And that's really, um, I was thinking about the clinical side and from what I've seen and I've heard, yeah, I've seen people who work primarily clinical, but then there was that opportunity to kind of, whether working on like a uh, quality assurance project or um, something where it involved like gathering data and then kind of interpreting that data 
uh, I've seen those kinds of roles, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And those apply even across, not even just in clinical, you could work in a public health program, mm-hmm. a WIC or SNAP ed and have a similar opportunity where you're just, you're kind of taking a step back and looking at processes and again, flow, uh, knowledge management, uh, e-learning. That's another, op- you know, that everybody's learning yeah. online. So there's opportunity, even in, in higher education, you know, creating online classes. I mean, there's, there's, uh, that's, that's partly informatics. It's not all of it, but it's a big part of yeah, it. Yeah. Cause I was thinking again, also like you could have like an IT person kind of do that, but then they don't have the, the context of, uh, yeah, I mean, they're not a nutrition expert. Yeah. I mean, they could gather the data and all that, but you need an expert to kind of help interpret all of that as well. Yeah. That's why it's a team effort. So oftentimes your dietitians will be part of teams that include other healthcare professionals and that include IT professionals and that a business, you know, business professionals from within a, a healthcare system or other entity. And it's part of the team. But the more that you are able to to speak the language of the technology, the more you can advance yourself so that you become again the the manager of informatics or more of an analyst role where they they have you really working day to day with the IT people to make sure that the system's actually doing what it should be doing. Mm. Yeah, and I could see how that would be important. Like if, I don't know, if your facility was implementing a new uh, electronic health record system that uh, you would want maybe your department, your nutrition department to have like a say in how maybe your workflow is going to be in the EHR system and we're all in the new one. Um, and kind of helping navigate uh, that for people who, you know, maybe for the IT side, because obviously they don't know nutrition and they don't know like exactly what the workflows are. Um, so I could see how that could be very useful for, uh, I don't know, a nutrition department to have somebody that wants to um, focus on the informatics part. Yeah, especially, uh, you're exactly correct. And especially with advancing technology and machine-based learning, artificial intelligence, where, which sounds fancy and futuristic, but it's really about you. It's really about using computers uh, and then and the the power in computers to just find easier way to do things. Whether it's you know pattern recognition on you know visual scans and X rays to how computerized clinical decision support works. You know, for example, what are the prompts that pop up for you as the healthcare provider? You know, as you use these systems. So there's app there's applications there as well, where you need to have someone who understands what is the, how do you apply the nutrition care process in a, in a computerized way and then utilizing, you know, machine-based learning where you can. Yeah. Right. How do I click one less button? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. People want to click one less button. They really do. Yeah, no, I think it feels like that's a part of it too, is like the efficiency and letting people being able to kind of um, do their jobs efficiently and, and well without being encumbered by uh, maybe design that's uh, not as user-friendly. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, you, the user experience or UX, yeah. it's a very uh, a field that's very important. I'm curious if you feel, did you think this field is where you would end up? Like when you were starting school and you, you know, and you look back and it's like, when you look back, is it like, yeah, that's this is where I w- was meant to be, or this is exactly where I thought it was going to be? No, I really didn't know. I mean, I knew early on that I liked the public health side, though I will say as an intern, when I did do my clinical rotations, I, I really actually liked it more than I thought I would. 
because there's there's still those problem solving and patient skills that I love. But no, I never imagined the technology piece would go so far uh, and that I would be. I also never thought I'd get into communications as much as I am. You know, I do a lot of writing and editing and I didn't think I'd be, I like it and I guess it's worked out for me, but I didn't think I would be doing that, whether it's writing proposals or promotion plans or manuscripts or any of those pieces. I do a lot day to day, a lot of writing and editing. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause, um, yeah, it sounded like, uh, yeah, community nutrition is where you would be. So, um, I'm always surprised when, uh, how people answer that question. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I never thought I'd be as behind the scenes as I am, I guess, uh, probably how I where I never really, you know, I thought I'd be in the program in the you know teaching classes and, and I do some side things here mm-hmm. or there. Cause you, I think you can never get to, you don't want to be too removed from yeah. people. You want, you know, you want to get out and, and teach a class or go to a health fair you know, and, and facilitate a group discussion just to keep those skills fresh. But really, even in, in all of the years, as I get closer to 20 years in the field, I really have discovered I'm kind of, I do well behind the scenes, yeah. helping, helping, as I say, helping the people who are out there on the front line. Right. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Kind yeah. of, yeah. Like you said, behind the scenes. And hey, those people are important too. Like you, you are like, you know, the people who work behind the scenes, um, yeah, they're, they're important. They don't get enough credit. I mean, well, I don't know if they, but anyways, yeah, I, I, I agree that, uh, well, yeah, you know, when you, you, like you said, you get all these emails or you go on and take an online class and you don't realize there's people back there that are building that stuff. And I've been fortunate to be one of those people and it's been very re- rewarding to do that. That's awesome. I guess my last question is, uh, what advice would you have for someone who may be interested in finding, um, entry-level work maybe in informatics or public health or communication yeah what kind of advice would you have for someone like that i think you have to talk to people who are doing it so whether it's through something like the dpg Mm -hmm. or just really finding somebody on linkedin i think linkedin is a great you know or any just any platform Mm -hmm. not just linkedin specifically but the opportunity just to reach out and say you look this looks so interesting to me could i chat with you for 30 minutes or 15 minutes about what you do you have to to talk to people and find out what they do and then from an education standpoint, you know, I wouldn't run out and get a master's in informatics, but mm. there are some, there are some health IT uh, basic courses you could take. Uh, you could, there are some, even some free online modules that are available. Uh, the, you know, we, the academy has some training modules as well, just to get your feet wet into some of the terminology. There is a, just like anything else, there's a lot of terminology in the field of informatics. But I think the first thing is just uh, shadowing, even if you're in a job now, just learning about other jobs and, and starting to plot your course mm-hmm. for how you could get to do the things that you want to do. Hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Yeah. Shadowing. And like you said, reaching out to people on LinkedIn, cause that's, that's what I do. I just call, it's kind of like cold calling. I don't know, for me at least, uh, it is, but it works better than cold calling ever did. You know, yeah. I've made a lot of connections and I've no, I have never found someone that, that said no to just chatting with me. And I, I'm not even looking for a job. I just, I find someone doing something in it or in health or in user experience or any of the mm-hmm. pieces that I've mentioned and I message them and just connect. And sometimes those people I'll partner with them on a, a conference proposal or we'll do a joint webinar together. And that's a big part of, of how you can get jobs. And, and 
not just jobs for me, but jobs where I've got students and interns that I mentor and I make these connections and then I share it with them and say, hey, this startup is doing really cool things. You should go talk to them. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't want to do that, but you can go talk to them. Uh, and and find you know ways to get your your feet wet in this field. Yeah. So basically, we're saying um, networking can be of great benefit for someone who may be looking to find work in this area. <laughs> uh, but, which is true, I think, for most fields. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is, is unique in that. The other thing is probably just not being afraid to get out on technology a bit, though. You do have to, even if you're not a super active user, you need to see what people are talking about. Uh, you know, read, you know, read uh, articles, mm-hmm. go on blogs, listen to podcasts. You know, you got to hear what people are talking about when it comes to uh, health IT trends. Definitely. Because I, I definitely, yeah, when I first heard of nutrition informatics, I, I was like, oh, that sounds fancy. Like, what is that? <laughs> um, yeah, it sounds fancy. And you, then you hear about it and you, you, then you learn about it. You realize, you realize you've been doing it already. Right. Um, but I do think the difference is that we are now really making strides towards it being a career path, not just something that's part of what we mm-hmm. do, but actually becoming, we hope to become leaders in doing it. Right. So yeah, not just something on the side for somebody, I guess, and making it more of a, a full, I don't know, full-time position or something like that. Um, exactly. Is there any question that I didn't ask or anything that you wanted to share before we, yeah, before we, and just that I think we have the opportunity as a profession to to leverage the skills and expertise we have into the broader health informatics field. You know, there are nurses, there are other healthcare professionals that are in informatics roles and have been doing it for many years. I think that we're just getting there and we have a long way to go. But the way we get there is by advocating for ourselves. We have to speak up and be on work groups and committees. Like you said, oh, we're getting a new EHR. I'll volunteer to be on the work group. We need to get ourselves at the table because otherwise, as you said, the information we need won't be included as systems continue to grow and evolve. So I I think that's a really important point for us all as a profession Mm -hmm. to be, to just continue to try to seat ourselves at the, the table with our, our colleagues in the healthcare field. Yeah, if we're not on the table, then that means we're clicking more buttons. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I think we're seeing national, for many years now, there's been efforts, national efforts to do that. But I think we're really starting to see more of it come to life. Yeah, well, I, I really um, appreciate your time. And also to talk about nutrition informatics, because I do feel like that's something that people or at least for me to like ask about and and wonder like what that is. So I think giving some context and being able to talk about that perspective, I think is going to be very helpful for people who are uh, maybe interested in maybe pursuing a path in informatics. So I, I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate you reaching out. And as you can probably tell, I love to talk about this topic. Yeah, totally. Thank you for that. If you're interested in nutrition informatics and you want more resources, you can find and join the Nutrition Informatics Dietetic Practice Group on the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics website. I've also linked the Academy's Nutrition Informatics Practice Paper in the episode description, which goes into more detail about informatics and the role it plays in nutrition. 
I also plan on having future episodes interviewing people who work in nutrition informatics as their full-time job, so please stay tuned for that. If you like this episode, please consider subscribing to whatever platform you're listening to this on. I have heard it's helpful, but I don't really know in what ways. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, it would be awesome if you left a rating and a review so I know either how great or terrible I'm doing. And lastly, if you or anyone you know who works in a niche or unique field in dietetics and wants to be on the show, please reach out to me on social media, LinkedIn, or at our website, www.dietitiansunknown.com. Thanks for listening and catch you on the next episode.